What's up, y'all? It is Jason Watson. Welcome to Say That, to Say This. It is a pleasure to be here for another episode with another amazing guest. Josh, you want to kick us off, man? It's the bishop, man. It's the, right here. It's the bishop, man. We got it. Absolutely. How long did it take? I mean, there was a writer, there was an agent involved, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, just a, a dear friend of mine, uh, Flip Fowler, uh, he is the president of uh, Big Brothers, Big Brothers, <laughs> the Boys and Girls Club of St. Louis, uh, which is located right across the street from us, and mm -hmm. uh, uh, the legacy of the organization, but I would say uh, this man specifically just makes it a big honor for you to be here with us. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. I think you just called yesterday, right? Then I showed up today. <laughs> hey, come on, man. We got this like the magic of a... <laughs> No, man, absolutely. absolutely. No, when you guys call, I'm, I'm, I'm here. So I appreciate the opportunity to be a part of this wonderful, wonderful experience and really enjoying the space. Yeah. You're all doing absolutely fabulous work here. Well, thank you. Absolutely. Thank well, you. I got to kick it off with this. Some yep. people may not know, um, and those who are from the city would definitely know, that you guys are located in a historical area, a historical landmark, right? That's correct. The um, uh, Herbert Hoover Club is built on the site of the old Sportsman's Park, mm. uh, where the Cardinals played and the Browns played. Wow. And even the football Cardinals played there before Bush Stadium was built downtown. So uh, at one time, there have been more baseball games played at that location than any other location in the world. Wow. Uh, so as a baseball facility, it goes back to the early, uh, to the late 1800s. Right. Right. Wow. And it, they actually changed the name from Sportsman's Park to Bush Stadium when the brewery bought the team back in 1954. Mm. But it, it has such a strong legacy of Sportsman's Park that people continue to call it that. Talk a little bit about what that's meant for you, like just being in that area, you know, having a landmark, right? Th I mean, it's yeah. so much history. Um, just talk a little bit about... It, it is a lot of history and a lot of rubble. So, <laughs> yeah, right, they tore the place down right. and left a lot of that stuff here, just like after mm -hmm. the World's Fair, they buried a lot of stuff right. on site. But first of all, it meant that we got the property for free. Mm -hmm. uh, a guy by the name of Richard Amberg, who's the publisher yeah. of the Globe Democrat at the time, yeah. approached August Bush and the brewery and said, hey, we know you're moving downtown. How about giving this land over for us to build a boys club? He wow. said, not a problem. And that's basically how it happened. Uh, Amberg, who was well-known in the area at the time, reached out to some of his friends and in a matter of days had raised enough money to build the facility and had a little money left over. But I think the really important thing about him was he was careful enough to reach out to a lot of people mm -hmm. across uh, the spectrum to mm -hmm. get them involved. So for every uh, corporate head that he brought in, he brought in somebody else like a Don Suggs or Frankie mm -hmm. Freeman mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, uh, Judge, um, forget his name, uh, uh, you know, judges and, and uh, uh, people like that to be a part of the experience. So mm -hmm. the community that he was moving into, he wanted to make sure uh, that the board represented that. So uh, it's amazing. We still have the placard there that lists all of the advisory <laughs> board members and the board members that were part and of this experience. That. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, it's, it's amazing to look back sure. at those names. We celebrated our 50th anniversary a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and we did a little article in, in the Singles American, and so I had to go back and most of the people I knew, but all I didn't, all of them I didn't, right. and just looking at the history and some of the people that helped to build the organization was absolutely amazing. Wow. So when we first moved in uh, to this building, obviously, uh, I got to spend a little bit of time with you, got the tour uh, of uh, um, uh, the Boys Club. 
we got this crazy story right when we moved in, right? So we had no idea. You know, we didn't know all. We knew Sportsman's Park was across the street, but when we first got in, we're, we we go up to the second floor of our building. Which, if anybody listening, so uh, both of our organizations are on Grand runs. It's a main artery through our city. Right. Uh, Sportsman's Park, which uh, Flint was talking about, was the baseball stadium across the street from us. But the YMCA was built on this side, really because people were accessing the, the mm-hmm. ballpark and this That's was really right. a, a huge hub. And so we were told when we first moved into this building that Babe Ruth crushed a home run yes. over the grandstand. And right now next door to us, there's a church, but it used to be a car dealership yes. and it bounced on grand, shattered the front window right. of the car dealership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a, uh, in our, in our newspaper here in St. Louis, I think there's still a photo of the gentleman holding the ball in That's front right. of the yeah. <laughs> over the That would have been over the right field. Wow. Yeah, because he's a lefty, right? right? Yeah, wow. he's a lefty. And mm-hmm. you can imagine uh, stadiums back in those days were, you know, we're talking about right field lines that were, you know, 400 feet. Right. right. It's not like today where they're 250 or right. 275 that, you know, allow guys to crank it out all the time. But, right. and with the kind of equipment they were using back there, right. you can imagine, you know, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> <I> hold up. <laughs> Absolutely. And these guys weren't, you know, in great condition, you know, they weren't lifting weights and taking Aren't they smoking cigarettes on right. first base? That's right. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. I mean, now, the, the greater rumor is that the foul ball went through our window no. in the old YMCA, and for those that are watching, we're selling the balls. There's an auction. Don't check the signature. We're not. We're not clarifying any validity of the ball. We're just saying we have a lot of balls that went through our window that Babe Ruth hit. It's like that movie, The Sandlot, where they use absolutely fake the signature on it. Absolutely. Why why does the Babe and Jason Watson signature look exactly 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 the same? So I get lost in the weeds here. So many questions, man. I mean, but to pivot a little bit, not only do you have historically, you have the, the, the baseball field, but um, we also know that this area was one of the first areas where African-Americans were allowed to buy property in the city. You know, it was. If you could think about the migration of the city, most started downtown and moved uh, westward. Hmm. Uh, you know, as, as things go, the white population moved further out west. Uh, so this is one, and, and partly because of the bus line and the opportunity to work. Uh, so the Carter Carburetor plant was there, uh, the, the, the General Motors plant at Union wasn't too far away, so uh, it, those places were accessible and his families got enough money to move forward mm. and uh, white families were moving out, they became prime opportunities mm. uh, for people to purchase. It did take some time, you yeah. know, this, this area also has a history of, of racism, you know, mm-hmm. black kids and uh, families were not allowed to swim mm-hmm. uh, in the park. Uh, across from Beaumont High School. Mm-hmm. Beaumont High School was a production. Which I went to, by the way. I went to Beaumont. So, so you may know some of this history then. Absolutely. So, uh, one of the reasons why we have a swimming pool is just based on some of the history uh, in this area. So, you mm-hmm. know, as with things, um, you know, throughout the, the world, time changes and, and yeah. it makes things a little bit different. But, you know, this community has had its history just like many others in the same area. Yeah. So, tell, talk a little bit about your story. How did you end up here? Um, what's your what's your narrative been, and then uh, what 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 brought you to uh, the Boys and Girls Club? Like, sure. what, what's what's driven you through this? Because you've got quite the legacy. Yeah, well, well, that's also another way of saying you're old. Crazy thing, <laughs> look, the crazy thing is, I went. I'm I'm from Walnut Park. Okay. So you know, I went to Madison. Yes, we rivals. You that's know, right, so we right. ain't even come to Herbal Hoover. Who go to Herbal Hoover? Why y'all going over there? Uh, but it's, it's interesting because my mother used to stay right on Lee and Turner when okay. I was younger. 
So I had to come to Herbal Hoover Boys and Girls Club, you know. And I, I remember the field, the swimming pool, right. and, you know, just certain access that you guys provided yeah. during that time. Same with a place like Matthew Dickey's. Exactly. But, you know, just echoing, you know, the role that you play. Just hearing you talk about having a swimming pool and light up what was being experienced in the community. Right. And some people don't think about those things right. and the importance and the value of thinking through how do we fill gaps like that. That's so right. definitely interested to hear okay. your story. And, well, I, you know, I don't know I've had much of one, and, and yes, Jason, I am old. <laughs> Girl. Girl. I said legacy for the record. Wise, wise. <laughs> well, for those of you can see, actually, it's the light that, that makes it look like I don't have any hair. Absolutely. I actually have quite a bit. You don't like barbershops like I don't like barbershops. <laughs> waste of money, right? <laughs> but uh, always involved in youth development. I grew up in scouts, you know, and I'm really having a rough time right mm -hmm. now, but that was kind of my connection to doing things outside the city mm -hmm. to, to learn about leadership, uh, you know, to earn recognition and awards and that, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And I learned how to swim because I was involved in the scouting, so I went to the old uh, Wall Center, the old Page Park yep, Y, and yep. places like that. So we got out and about, um, never participated in a boys club experience, however, but I knew what it was like to be a part of something beyond just your community. Mm -hmm. um, and as I grew up, it just had a you know kind of a calling to working with young people. Hmm. Uh, ran a program called uh, Upward Bound, based out of the University for a number of years, sure. which was a tremendous way to get young people uh, geared up and interested in college. My first job out of college was actually working uh, uh, with the Boy Scouts. So I ran you know, summer camps. I had a tour territory that I was responsible for, mostly Wilson, Paisdale. Normandy and some of North County. Okay. Uh, so that gave me some insight into, you know, what kids were experiencing. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw the good and the bad. Mm -hmm. Most of the bad happened because parents didn't want to get engaged. Mm -hmm. So you go to some communities and you say, your kid wants to join scouting. We're going to need some volunteers to help put this thing together. Uh, and in some communities, they readily raised their hand and got involved. Sure. In other communities, it was tougher, you know, with the, the excuses that parents would come up with. And, and understandably, in some situations, they were overwhelmed with sure. just taking care of their home. Yeah, different barriers. And sort of thing. Yeah. Right. And so you have to package a process to make it possible mm -hmm. uh, for those kids to take advantage of it. Um, so, you know, I kind of grew up with that kind of background and experience, tried to work outside of youth development for a while. I did HR work at Southern <laughs> University. Tried to get away. <laughs> yeah, I tried to get away from the call. Yeah, sitting in office all day. Yeah, just, not me. Not me. <laughs> But I did find my love with that. Uh, actually, we had left a, a job with En-ROADS, an organization called En-ROADS, was out, uh, St. Louis Public Schools looking for a superintendent at the time. Mm -hmm. I was out kind of participating in some of the meetings that they were having. Somebody said my name came up in a meeting about the, uh, the directorship of the, of the Herbert Hoover Boys. And that would have been what year? This would have been 95, okay. 1995 or so. Mm -hmm. uh, so by June of 1996, I was sticking the key in the wow. door yeah and so i just kind of got up you know uh, going around the country attending national meetings and seeing what were happening with boys mm. and boys and girls clubs and other communities recognize that we had an opportunity to do something a little bit different here because yeah. uh, in st louis we had matthew sticky you had herbert hoover you had boys club st louis you had boys and girls club st charles county you had boys and girls club of Adalto, mm -hmm. boys and girls club of alton jackie joined kersey was getting to open up a club so they were all independent and separate sure. from each other but if you go to these other communities, it's the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Kansas. Yeah. It's the Boys and Girls Clubs of Chicago and Metro Atlanta. And they all operated under one umbrella, mm. as opposed to each of us having a separate organization. And at the same time, there were tons of areas that didn't have the kinds of resources that 
uh, boys and girls yeah, sure. to the So we saw an opportunity to go and, and begin to sort of spread our range of wins. Yeah. So we're up to nine locations. Unbelievable. Over well, the team center in Ferguson, which has been yeah. absolutely absurd. Yeah, so one of the things that we talk about specifically on this podcast and, in, and a lot in what we do is uh, this idea of, uh, of narrative, right? Of shaping narrative of, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for us as, as we think about what's taking place in our community, like there's so much to be celebrated. Uh, and then at the same time, like what does it look like to be bridges of opportunity? When I look at the Boys and Girls Club and uh, when I look at the work that you've done, uh, what is it that you guys are celebrating? What are those benchmarks? Yeah. What, what does that look like? And we, we talk often about uh, mm-hmm. there's so much passion, there's so much talent that exists here. What does is, what is bridging that opportunity look like? Mm-hmm. What does it look like as you begin to um, uh, look back and maybe even look forward on the work of uh, the, the Boys and Girls Club? In that space, yeah, kind of in a general sense, we talk about hope and opportunity. Yeah, you know, oftentimes kids don't pursue things just because they haven't they haven't had the exposure. Yeah, they haven't been exposed. Well. So once you let them see what the possibilities are, then you have to show them how to get there. Yeah. And so I, we kind of see our role as helping to build that bridge, if you will, but knowing that we're not the end of the road. So we see ourselves also as a yeah. connector. So you know, maybe we're handing them off to you, mm-hmm. or we're handing them off to the urban league, or we're handing them off to somebody else. Right. But with that handoff, we want them, it's like a running back, you mm-hmm. know, if there's, there's a, a, a play has been called, mm-hmm. there's a hole or a place they're supposed to go, the quarterback's job is get them the ball, then they've got to do it from there. Yeah. Of course, it takes the blockers and everybody. Yeah, of course. Of course. So we see it in, in that sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we can help them understand what the play is, mm-hmm. how to be successful, and whatever they, it is that they want to pursue, mm-hmm. then that's our... our, yeah. our it's job. interesting so, that you would say that, too, because uh, uh, we spend a lot of time just going like, the impact that it has for anybody. I don't care what mm-hmm. stage of life you are. I don't care what color you are. I don't know. I don't care what part of the, the uh, city you live in. To sit across from somebody that says, "Hey, I value you. Yeah, I love, love you. you. Yes. I care you about matter. you. Absolutely. Uh, all of those pieces are significant. Yeah. Uh, and just even hearing you, I mean, that, that's one of the things yes. that resonates with yeah. uh, how meaningful the yeah. work and the impact that you guys yeah. have is on that. Well, we talk a little bit about the stereotype, right, that comes with kids that come from these inner city communities mm-hmm. like myself mm-hmm. and the idea that they're trouble. Right. In comparison to trauma experience mm-hmm. and how you guys as a mm-hmm. Boys and Girls Club have, instead of just seeing these kids as troubled individuals, right. seeing them as people with experiences yeah. and um, things that have caused them to navigate particular ways. Yeah. How has that played a role in how you guys serve those individuals? Yeah, so we've heard the term like that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like, you know, people think of, uh, you remember, I'm going to show my age, mm-hmm. you know, back in school we had the bar graph that had a zero and they yeah. had a plus <laughs> one that had the negative number. Most people think of kids as being at point zero mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. right at the zero. Mm-hmm. And so their influence is going to even move them in a negative direction or a positive direction. And unfortunately, we, we are not allowed to live just kind of untouched mm-hmm. by our right. communities and things like that. You so are they, impacted. You are impacted. Mm-hmm. So there's some influences that are going to move, you know, take them in the direction of bad behavior. Mm-hmm. And there's some influences that are going to take them in the way of positive behavior. So as a boys and girls club, our job is not to get them back to zero, but mm-hmm. also help them acquire the, the capacity that they need to move beyond that. So a lot of times you have to overcome, you know, somebody's at minus 10, you know, somebody else is at minus 1. Absolutely. So it's going to take a lot more to move it from there. So you look at that environment, what's their home life, life like, what's the educational experience uh, uh, like, able to equip them, uh, what kind of trauma have they been exposed to? You know, oftentimes, 
And for many years, you know, we didn't think about that. You know, mm -hmm. we always just saw the kid as being bad. We didn't necessarily see them being in a bad circumstance Absolutely. and that leading to bad behavior. So right. you got a lot of stuff to peel back and sometimes just throwing the basketball on the court is not enough to make that happen. Yep. So what is if you're on the basketball court and the bad behavior comes out sure. on the basketball court, sure. that kid gets kicked out, we don't want him back anymore, mm -hmm. and they start down up. Absolutely so From minus right. 15 to minus 20. What's really interesting to hear you say that is that, um, Matt, even just to encourage you, the Boys and Girls Club, and anybody for that matter that's involved in this work, and how teen centers started to pop up. Yeah. But I remember being a kid and I was bad. I was like the negative 100 kid, okay. right? Um, but I remember going to teen centers and not just about the place and the location being available, but the individuals that were hired and prepared and understood the culture and the experience of the people that they were dealing with. And I never forget a guy by the name of Kevin who would invest in me, would talk to me. I mean, tried to citizens arrest me one time. He wasn't successful. But still a good friend to this day. And he planted seeds that he didn't get a chance to see take root at the time. That's right. But now 20 years later, he bumps yeah. into me and he sees, yeah. you know, so it's people like yourself, the Boys and Girls Club, other places like that that have invested in individuals like myself. Yeah. Yeah. And may, you may not get a chance to see the immediate fruit of that, right. that child, right. but you know that it's worth the investment. Right. Yeah. And that right. speaks to the power of an encounter. You know, yeah. I may not get a chance to interact with you again, so what am I? What what? How am I taking advantage of the time that we do have together, yeah, knowing yeah. that I can make it meaningful, I can make it meaningless. Yeah. Uh, so it's important that we you know. The scripture talks about some some plants, some you know, some water, and and some God gives the increase. God gives the increase. Absolutely. So you know that's really what this is. What mm -hmm. this is, is about. So, so you've talked a little bit about we've talked a little bit about history. We've talked a, a, a significant amount of time just about that personal relationship, knowing that you're valued, the impact of that. Uh, from your perspective. Um, with what we've talked about, when you think about dreams for our neighborhood, our community, what, what is that? Obviously, I think you're, you're coming from it too, from a piece of, of definitely that sewing, that deep engagement, that making sure that kids have a safe place, that they know they're loved, that know they're cared for, and they're given the tools. Us doing our job well, what does that produce? What does that look like? You know, I, I think, you know, investments, you know, as you, you talk about it, you think about if you put the right stuff in, the right stuff is going to come out. But I think it also, uh, we're responsible for helping to cast a vision. Yeah. You know, so why is it that our neighborhood looks like it right. looks? Mm -hmm. And I had uh, my uh, nephew who didn't have the, you know, best of behavior and mm -hmm. spent a little time behind bars, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, he had posted something once and said, hey, guys, you know, we were part of the group that made our neighborhoods what they are today. Mm. Let's take that same negative energy that we Absolutely. poured into destroying right. our neighborhoods and chasing people away into building. building that's why I live yeah. every day. Yeah, and I think that's kind of, <laughs> yeah, to your point, that's kind of the, the point. We have to help young people see how they can use their skills to build these talents, knowledge, mm. energy to help build rather than tear down or help build and not just leave it as it is. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times people say, well, I didn't make it this way. I don't have a responsibility to, to change it. I'm not contributing to its, to its deterioration, sure. but I don't have an obligation to help build it up. Knowing that if we don't build it up, it's going to you know, get worse on its own. Right. You know, you look around at some of the, the vacant buildings and schools and things like that, it's 
It's not that people you know, have to throw a rock at it anymore. You know, over time, stuff just begins to so, fall yeah, apart. Yeah, yeah. And, sure. you know, so it's just like a life. So we have to you know, put the right things in. in One thing life. that we often talk about is legacy, right? And I didn't want to you know, end this podcast without being able to, in some way, allow you with your experience and not only the individual legacy that you will leave, but the legacy that the Boys and Girls Club would leave. What would you say to young nonprofit organizations in St. Louis, in our region, like ours, like Mission St. Louis. The mayor may not be sent to you right now. <laughs> Teachers, man, coaches. Uh, what wisdom would you give to organizations that have a desire to do this work? Yeah. Um, what, what would you echo to them, or what would you say to us? Yeah. And if you say better leadership, we're going to be really offended. <laughs> well, you, know, you wouldn't be where you are today without the right kind of leadership. I, and I think that's important. And when you see a lot of organizations begin to fall apart is when the leadership is not there, mm-hmm. when you're not held accountable. And I think a lot of people start out with a good idea. You, know, if, uh, you, you hear a lot of times about somebody who's a great carpenter. doesn't mean they can run a great construction company. Of course, absolutely. You know, their skill is in there. They don't sure. know how to manage money. They don't know how to plan for the future, that sort of thing. Let me insert, because I just want to say this about your leadership. The first time that we had you come visit Mission St. Louis, which... Um, for those that don't know, uh, we're not too far from Herbert and Herbert Hoover yeah. Boys and Girls Club, but you walked over. Yes. And that's that to me, that spoke something, because it meant not only are you working in the community, but you feel safe in the community. Yes. Right? So we're not just driving in and now we're afraid to navigate. But I just wanted to mention that that, that spoke volumes to me, because yes. I walk anywhere in the city. I'm completely comfortable. Yeah, I am too. But just to know where you are, the role you play, mm-hmm. and then, you know, to be coming to visit us rather than getting dropped off or, uh, or right. ushered over. So don't watch me leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little cold in there. Well, I was coming from somewhere else. But I didn't want to cut your thought off, yeah, but I yeah. wanted to mention that. Yeah, and I think, you know, ask questions. You know, I met with a woman the other day, and she said she had read the, the article about our teen center. She mm-hmm. said, Almost everything on there is the stuff I had been dreaming about and envisioning, mm-hmm. and I want to start my own center. So we met. I say, well, is it that you want to start your own center? Are there some elements of this that, that you want to be involved with? So mm-hmm. let's take a step back. Right. A lot of times we have a vision or an idea, and we think we need this. Sure. When really what we need is this, or maybe we start here and we build out. I know you all started over south. So you took your time to grow and, and to connect with people to make sure you were putting the right things in place. I think oftentimes uh, we start out on the road looking at the end yeah. without you know really mapping out right. the pathway. And I think oftentimes mm-hmm. that, or, or we make assumptions. I remember I used to talk to people all the time, well, I'm gonna start the nonprofit. I'm like, well, who's gonna fund you? <laughs> well, I'm gonna just go over the- to, I got a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, so many people are like it. And I say, you know, that everybody, has that great idea. <laughs> so it doesn't work as right. easily that way. So don't give up on the vision. Don't give up on the passion. Just find people who can help you network. And it may take a little more time than you had anticipated, but connect with people who've already done it. You know, when I used to work for Enrose, we had a lot of young people, very talented, who wanted to start their own business. I said, well, you know, go to work with somebody else first. Yeah. Make your mistakes on their mind. Right. <laughs> and then you'll be much further down the line once Absolutely. you start your you own know story. What? As I sit here and think, it's one elephant that I got to shoot in a room. I do this a lot. Um, I often make the statement that sometimes St. Louis not only can be at times racially segregated, but also organizationally segregated. Oh, one thing that I've noticed with you is just your willingness to partner, to collaborate, mm-hmm. and just the energy and the heart behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, have, how have you been able to navigate and play a role in making sure that your heart posture is one that does want to continue to collaborate yeah. rather than 
disregard as a result of funding. Yeah. Or I, I, I'm glad you asked that because I really thought it was the elephant in the room was that we have two great beards and you. you know, <laughs> uh, I thought that's where we were going. Oh, okay. No, let's talk collaboration. <laughs> let's talk collaboration. That was a good one. That was a good one. Well, I think you're right. And I think, you know, you come to a point where you realize you can't do it all on your own. And I learned that as a scout. You know, we earned merit badges in order to move to the next rank. Well, you had to go to a content expert mm -hmm. in order to, mm -hmm. to qualify for that merit badge. And I think, uh, there are, again, a lot of people, a lot of great ideas that can't do it on their own. Sure. Uh, and you can't be a content expert in every segment. In every segment. We have space, we have kids, and there's some expertise that you can bring in. So that, that kind of set the foundation. And I have to be honest, the other part of it is you get to a point where you get pretty confident in your organization, mm -hmm. and you know it's, got, it's not going to diminish you, mm -hmm. you know, by partnering with somebody mm -hmm. else. I think in some people's eyes, it's they think honesty. if they partner with you, they're going to lose their yep. standing or status. They of course. Yeah, they do. And funding plays a role in yeah, that, it and does. staff, mm -hmm. and all, all this. Absolutely. It does. It does. And, you know, kind of, again, you know, and I'm sure it's the same with you all. You want to be leaders in your mm -hmm. industry. You don't necessarily want to be a follower. No. So I think oftentimes people think collaborations and partnerships are going to make them a follower. Yeah. Follower, not sure. a follower. <laughs> but a follower. And, right. and I think so you have to have a certain degree of confidence. And, and that's, I would say that's interesting for us too because as we're kind of going through that adolescent phase, to, mm -hmm. to your point, like even being on the south side and this slow growth, like there's still an aspect that we're figuring out who we are, Absolutely. what we're really good at, and what's I think what's made us a better collaborative partner today mm -hmm. is that we know who we, we're getting to the point where we know who we are, yeah. We know what we're good at, but even more importantly, we know where we drop. We know where we're not good at That's and where right. we need partnership and, and that thing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, last thing, when, when you think about, um, and, and we'll wrap up from here, but you just think about looking back over uh, seasons of life, what you're most proud of. Uh, I'd love to hear mm -hmm. that. And then two, you know, we, we sit, I think, kind of at a table of a little bit of jealousy in this as, as you guys have done an incredible job of growth. Will you also speak to where Her River Boys and Girls Club is going? So I would think that, you know, if I could, the, just how God has proven himself to be faithful. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of put things in God's hand and you let them yeah. lead and, and direct you. I mean, the, the favor that I've found with any number of people, including you, I remember when we were over at Adam's Park. And <laughs> I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> you did, but you know, be able to find favorite people, yeah. the doors being open that you didn't necessarily expect, even though you didn't necessarily deserve it. Yeah. Actually, people of peace, man. That, mm. So you know, when Andy and the World Impact was operating yeah. out here, he came over. I met him. And I got connected to the church, and, mm -hmm. and then I got introduced to Jason. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, so it just seemed like every at every turn there was somebody different that poured something different. Mm -hmm. Uh, into me, mm -hmm. and then in turn, I can pour that out mm -hmm. uh, to the club. So I think our goal is to continue to move forward, to see what we can do to make uh, our mission more impactful. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it would be fabulous, and we talk about it a lot, but there could be more collaboration, cooperation between us and Matthews Dickey mm -hmm. and Gene Slay and some of these other places so that we can have a stronger voice. Okay. You know, it will be many voices, but at least we'll be kind of singing the same thing. So yeah. if you think of a of a school district, you went to Beaumont, mm -hmm. I went to Soda, and somebody went to Sumner, somebody went to Northwest. It was the St. Louis Public Schools, mm -hmm. and people feared the PHL, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, so it was the collective that really um, made uh, the public high league what it was back in, mm -hmm. in the day. And then as it got dismantled, when we began to go in different directions, the people in other other places that kind of went, yeah. got to its weaker point. So I think. You know, the, the future of, you know, an organization like ours is to look out and see how we can build strength, not necessarily independent of everybody else, 
but in partnership with others. Mm-hmm. Well, man, we, we love you. We're yeah. thankful for uh, just the work that you guys do, the, the neighbor that you are, the impact. I mean, we get to see it uh, on a consistent basis just because we're, we're in the shadow. But I'm definitely thankful for yeah. it. I mean, even just as a, a young man and a young African-American male, like, Leadership like yourself just reminds me like, you know, you can get weary in this work. Yeah. But I mean, if you've been doing it as long as you have, I don't got no right to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> He's not that old, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I you know, since y'all talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> These are all highlights, right? Like, <laughs> highlights. <laughs> Somebody did ask me that the other day. How do you get that black and white in there like that? I said, it's a long time, man. It takes a long time. Well, again, we just want to say thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you. you for everybody watching and listening. Uh, say that to say this. Subscribe. Again, subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the like button. Again, if you're not familiar with the Herbert Hoover Boys and Girls Club, we really encourage you to go visit their website, find ways to connect. Uh, because we believe not only in, in Flint and the work he's individually done, but also the work that he's done um, with his organization. Well, I appreciate so thank that. you. Thank you all for having me today. Absolutely. Appreciate it.